This is an MVP podcast. My Village Productions. Welcome to Sipping Tea, a show where we explore the random thoughts that pop up at the most inconvenient times. I'm your host, Andy. Hello. It's me. And I'm your host, Mita. Smoke weed every day. Coming in with a gentle vocal. Just a smooth, gentle vocal. So today, we're continuing the trend because it's March. Still March. Still March. It's not springtime yet, but she's nope. coming. Nope. But Women's History Month is here to stay. Sure is. So let's just continue. We're talking about, we're talking about women. Talking about women. <laughs> but before we do that. I want to play a game. Every single time. Every single time. That's such a creepy voice, but I love it. <laughs> uh, well, you went first last time, right? Yes. All right. I'm going to go first this time. Okay. Because it's Women's History Month. My month. God damn it. Oh, this is such a good question. I absolutely love it. Okay. Would civilization be better off if the internet had never been created? Hmm. That's a double-edged sword. Because yes. Tuffy. But no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yes, because I don't think we'd be as horrible of a society as we are today. Right. Still pretty terrible. Yeah. But the thing is, is then we wouldn't have without the internet, we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have a lot of the things that we have today. Right. The advancements in technology. Right. All of that. So I don't know. It's I guess it's how you view it. Like if you think technology is not important, then I guess yeah. If you right. think that we could live without the technology that we have today, right? Then yeah, yeah, we did. Then we would be better off without it. Yeah, yeah. But if you like needed it to survive, which I think most Americans do. Yeah, yeah. But I'm and I, it's not even just like I'm not talking about like cell phones and tablets and computers and all that. Like I'm talking about like medical devices, mm. like things like life saving thing, like life saving developments that we've done. Mm. I mean, I think we're better off for that for the science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of good. But it's like what society has turned it into. We're just terrible Not people. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just take the internet down. Just I honestly, hard, yeah. hard reboot. I'll tell you what. I, there's two things I would like to do. One, I would like to literally turn off social media, like all the servers, mm-hmm. just Facebook and like all mm-hmm. the social medias. Just turn them down. Turn them off. 30 days. 30 day blackout. Nobody's nobody's posting anything. Nobody's doing there's anything. no 140 characters or whatever it is these days. Yes. Just just everybody shut up. We just shut the fuck up for 30 days. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And we're just going to turn it on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're going to come in respectfully. We're going to mind our goddamn P's and Q's. <laughs> we're going to be nice to each other. We know. Okay. Okay. We can turn it off. It's like kids. Sometimes you got to take the fucking toy away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're starting genocides. We're not doing well. No. <laughs> turn it off. Absolutely. Everybody not. shut up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a good question. It's a good one, right? It's a thinker. Cause like, yeah. obviously we are better for it. Yeah. Right. The, everything that we're doing right now is because of the internet. Yeah. Right. But then in the same breath, it's like literal genocide. Yeah. It's like not, that's never good. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. never good. There should be like a three theories. strike rule. Like once, <laughs> once you fuck up three times, you're just kicked off. The you internet. get three internet fuck ups. That's it. That's it. You're disconnected. Absolutely. Most of us would be already off. Yeah. God bless. Absolutely. That's a fun one. All right. For you. Uh oh. What do you think dogs dream about? Love this. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think puppers dream about everything that people do. Okay. Right? Like, as much as I as much as I do not like the demon that I adopted for Juneteenth last year, she's a real demon. She's a real demon of a dog. 
I am also acutely aware of the fact that there is a sentient like alien creature that is in there. There's mm-hmm. something about dogs that I find fat. So as a person who like just recently adopted a dog again, mm-hmm. we are two alien beings that are incapable of communicating and we live in each other's space and we're just like watching each other. All yeah. Day. And I'm pretty sure they're just watching us and they're just like, what the, what the fuck are these monkeys doing? Yeah. Like these, these big old primates are just farting in my face. <laughs> they're like, and then they pick up my poop. Like it's gotta be weird. So I imagine they dream the exact same way that we do. Yeah, they dream about meeting other dogs, mm-hmm. maybe falling in love. Mm-hmm. I like the running dreams. The running dreams are fun. I imagine it's like squirrels mm-hmm. or or rabbits or Chasing something. Balls yeah, or yeah, tennis. I could. I would imagine that like dogs dream about like you know it's my birthday and I got a, a bin full of balls. <laughs> and yeah. there's just like tennis balls bouncing all yeah, over. Yeah, like yeah. I just imagine it's the same thing we do, but it's the things that they like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eating a cow. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a three-parter do okay. you think fish dream well i don't know how fish sleep i know fun, some fish like rest but i don't think they sleep right You're right that's what i was thinking too. um because isn't i don't know and that's the other thing like dogs don't really sleep right mm. they always have to be acutely aware of their surroundings mm-hmm. i think dogs are starting to evolve to relax more if they're like in the house but mm-hmm. they don't really sleep they're always aware yeah something pops off they're like ready to bite yeah yeah, yeah. people are the only ones who gotta fully fucking do a system shut down down. like down unplug from the wall wait 15 seconds re-put the battery back (laughs) in you know like we need a full so like for us it's like our brains are doing a lot of shit yeah i don't know if dogs and fish and cats ever really get to get that deep yeah i don't think they do a full factory shutdown i think they just do like a little sleep mode but when you wiggle the mouse they jump back up Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know if fish do that right I would agree. Because if you stop, if fish actually slept. Wouldn't they just get like Would they sink? Off? Or would they just go with the current, right? I would think they would just go with the current. That's a gag. Because there's some currents around like the eastern shores of mm-hmm. Africa where it's like, you're telling me you're falling asleep at Egypt and then all of a sudden you just wake up in the in the, in the the cave of South, like the south tip of uh, South Africa with like all the white sharks. <laughs> like all of the sharks are here. You, you just, wake like, up and you're like, oh. You're like a sardine. You get caught in that big ass fucking current. You've traveled thousands of miles and you're just waking up in the middle of like a shark feeding frenzy. Like, no, no, absolutely not. What a nightmare. Oh, man. I don't think fish sleep, so I don't think they get to dream. Okay. Which is sad. Yeah. But I hope they're doing all right. Same. Yeah. I don't like fish, but yeah. Which is funny for a Pisces. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like eating fish. Maybe that's because I'm a Pisces. Maybe. I am a fish. <laughs> like, I don't want that. That's, uh, what is that called? Cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All oh. right. That's fun. Those are fun questions. You started with your lady first last week, so I'm going to start with mine this week. Because it's Women's History Month. Because <laughs> it's Women's History Month, and this okay. gay has something to say. Oh, man. You know what? Say it. <laughs> say it loud and say it proud, goddammit. Um, my lady. My lady. I think I would call her a gay icon. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think a lot of gay men like this person. Yeah. Audrey Hepburn. Absolutely. Born. 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 <laughs> May 4th. Called it. 1929. Yep. In Brussels, Belgium. Brussels. She was born to Dutch Baroness Ella von Heemstra and Joseph Victor Anthony Rustin. Too many names. I've learned so much in the past five <laughs> seconds. You're telling me she was born in Belgium to a, like a, like a, what'd you say? A duchess? What? <laughs> to a baroness. Baroness? A Dutch baroness. Ah, that's why I got it confused. Still, yeah. that sounds like money. Oh, they were very wealthy. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So then her father later changed his surname to Hepburn Rustin because he believed that he was a descendant of James Hepburn, the fourth Earl of Bothwell. Right I don't over. know what yeah, yeah. 
just, those words just went right over both of our heads. We just started shaking our heads. I don't I'm know like, what that means. I literally looked at you. I was like, I said it. I don't know what I you said. say it. <laughs> um, so Audrey attended school in England as her father was a British citizen. So she okay. had dual citizenship. Oh, dip a toe. At the age of six, her father left the family, and I literally put, I don't know why, but we don't care, because this is Audrey's story, not his. Uh, <laughs> I love these little notes. Note to self, don't give a fuck. Fuck that guy. Audrey's well, story. I, I feel like if I had just said he left it, he left the family at, her, at age six, right. people are going to be like, why did he why? leave the family? Yeah, people and I'm telling why. you why I'm not telling you. Because it doesn't matter. I also didn't look it up. Uh, let's, let's be honest. I didn't care. <laughs> In 1939, Audrey's mother fled England because of World War II okay. and ah. headed for the Netherlands because she thought that, you know, it's a neutral country, so she right. thought it would be safer than England. You right. With the bombings and whatnot. Um, she even changed Audrey's name to Etta von Heemstra to not attract unwanted attention to their British ties. Ah, gotcha. Okay. What a time. Um, Audrey loved dancing, and she was put in ballet classes. Okay. When the Nazis invaded... Hepburn actually nearly starved when they cut off the food supply for the country. Damn. So for years, she was a whopping 88 pounds. And I got to tell you something. And then this is like a joke about a serious topic. Mm -hmm. She's also a Taurus. Let me tell you what Taurus is like to do. Eat. Bitch. Do you know how mad she had to have been? Like, y'all holding back my mm -hmm. fucking food, though? Well, and that's what um, is so interesting, right? Is because... She's one of those celebrities that she is. She was like envied for her figure because yeah. she is so yes. dainty and small, like Wait. tiny waist yeah. and just so tiny. But it's actually a product of being malnourished yeah. as a child. Malnourished and literal starvation, like, yeah. like clinical starvation. So maybe you shouldn't wish for those things. No, you should never. Bleep, bleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> according. So this this was interesting because it's not really confirmed this part of it. But according to legend, the teenage Hepburn. Did what okay. she could to support the resistance. Okay. That is a fact. But okay. during her screen test for Roman Holiday, she recalled performing a ballet for audiences that were afraid to applaud because they didn't want the Nazis to catch them. Damn. Um, Damn. She would take all of the money that she had earned from the ballet performance that night and she would donate it to the resistance. See, Tauruses get it. Um, Sometimes got to fight the man in secret. <laughs> absolutely. You know? She also would courier messages from one faction of the resistance to another. And this was like common practice, I guess, in World War II, because yeah. the Nazis were less likely to search children than they were adults. That makes sense. Plot they twist. some limits. What? Go ahead. <laughs> I got a plot twist. Oh shit. oh, shit. Oh, shit. Audrey's parents were Nazi sympathizers. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Because they were a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just dip a toe on that really quick. Right. So Hepburn's father, Joseph who abandoned her when she was a little girl and her mother, Ella were members of the British union of fascists. Oh, okay. Okay. After Hepburn's parents divorced, Ella returned to Germany to attend the Nuremberg rallies and wrote an enthusiastic account of the experience for fascist magazine, the black shirt. Damn. Joseph was investigated by the British house of commons for receiving seed money to start a newspaper from Germans with ties to Nazi propaganda. Minister Joseph Goebbels. He Not was, Goebbels. Uh -huh. <laughs> He was not Goebbels. He was imprisoned as an enemy of the state for the duration of the war. Not, not Goebbels of all of them. Oh, what a monster! You know what's funny is Hepburn's dad would have been at the January sixth insurrection. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> these are the same people in a different millennia. So, ugh. What's crazy is so her her publicist and everybody they did their best to keep this shit a right, secret, right? Because right. in the fifties. 
this would have ended her career. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. People were people were hunting Nazis at that time. Still um, still hunting Nazis. And but it's funny to think about that in 2020, she right. would be celebrated for for defying her parents' racism and right. like trying to go out onto the other side right. and like to help out. Right. So it's right thing. kind of interesting to see like the the flipping perspective, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Over time. Mm-hmm. Hindsight a little bit. Yeah. That makes sense. So after the war, uh, Audrey returns uh, or continued studying ballet in Amsterdam and London. Okay. In her early 20s, she's studying acting and started getting small film roles credited as Audrey Hepburn. So obviously she changed her name back. You ain't going to relate me to nobody. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) 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 While making a film in Monte Carlo, she caught the attention of French novelist. It says Colette, but I feel like I'm not saying that correct. Colette. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And despite her experience, her lack of experience, she was given the leading role in the stage adaptation of Colette's novel, Gigi. Ah, uh, that'll do it. She then moved on to star in leading roles in movies such as Roman Holiday, Sabrina, Breakfast at Tiffany's, My Fair Lady. All the hits. Um, and throughout her career, this was actually, I did not know this, she's an EGOT. Oh, I didn't know that either. She has won a Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony for all of her performances that she's done throughout. She has her one of each. Mm-hmm. Nice. I love EGOTs. Yeah. Again, EGOT, I think, <laughs> is just the absolute you're doing what you're supposed yep. to do because you are so good at it. You can do it on screen, <laughs> on stage, you can do yeah. it live, you can do it recorded, you can do it scripted. Yeah. It's like you're doing too much. Absolutely. What a it's what what a joy. It's like you're saying, what a bitch. What a bitch. <laughs> But, like, I'm happy for you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, in 1967, she entered semi-retirement after her film Wait Until Dark. Okay. Um, she would return to acting in 1976 in Robin and Marion. And in 1988, she actually began a career as a special goodwill ambassador for UNICEF. Wow. Um, she devoted herself... She devoted the rest of her life to humanitarian work, visiting famine-stricken islands or villages in Latin America, Africa, and Asia. Yeah, that's the Taurus right there. Um, She later died in 1993 at the age of 63 from actually a very rare cancer of her appendix. Damn. Um, And I think that has to do with her weight. Right, and then malnourished. Uh Yeah. The malnourishment. Dang. Yeah, that's the, the legend that is Audrey. The only thing I knew about her was her birthday because we're birthday for birthday <laughs> twins. But I honestly didn't know uh, like anything outside of maybe some of the movies she's been in. Uh-huh. I didn't know anything about Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, it was it was one of those things like I I love I love her, like those old movies like Roman Holiday is amazing. Sabrina's yeah. great. Don't even get me started on My Fair Lady. <laughs> um, My Fair Lady was controversial because Julie Andrews actually created that character for the stage adaptation of of um, Pygmalion. Okay. And when they announced they're doing a movie, everybody's like, well, yeah, it needs to go to Julie Andrews because that's her character. Right. And right. Julie Andrews didn't fit the look. Uh, so they put Audrey Hepburn in because she fit the look. Fit the look. That'll do it. It's always the look. So people were people were a little pissed off that people she were, was Eliza Doolittle. They were trying to trying to cancel her a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little cancel yeah, yeah. culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pre-internet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought about her and I was like, ah, Maybe she has an interesting story. So I right. looked her up and I'm, as soon as I read that she was involved with the Nazis, I was like, I got to talk. Fascinating. Her. Yeah. Fascinating story. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Taurus. Taurus power. <laughs> I love Tauruses. We're great. We're a fucking nightmare, but we're great. <laughs> well, I have shade to myself. You shaded yourself. Shaded myself. You did it. So I will be talking about a young miss, Madam CJ Walker. Wait, I was about to say. Yeah. 
See, if I, I have the button, if now. I had the buttons, I could push it, but I don't. <laughs> I don't want that kind of power. So I think most people know Madam C.J. Walker as um, like the grandmother of black hair care. That's how okay. I know her. Yeah. Black people, I think, know her as she's like the lady who was like making money off of helping black people keep the hair, hair what's, together. What's funny is I saw her name and I read about her and I was like, "Ooh, this would be a good one." But I was like, "I have a feeling Mita might do this one." <laughs> And I'm so I'm glad I didn't like That's choose funny. it and do like the research and stuff. Well, so I wasn't going to until I learned that she had roots to Denver, Colorado, which oh. I remember hearing about that years ago that Madam mm-hmm. CJ Walker had done something in Colorado, but I never really took the time to do a, a smooth Google. Mm-hmm. But now we have the show, so I get to do it. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> so um, she was the grandmother of black hair care. She was also uh, one of America's first self-made millionaire okay. women. Okay. So uh, kind of a big deal for a black lady in the 1800s. Yeah. So let's get into it. This Capricorn queen. Yeah, I said it. Earth sign energy all day. Gang, gang. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) None of that makes sense to like half the people listening. What did she just say? (laughs) So she was born December 23rd, 1867. Um, Her birth name is Sarah Breedlove. Okay. Um, And she was born on a cotton plantation in Louisiana. And both of her parents were freed as part of the Emancipation Proclamation. So they were uh, formerly enslaved. And her parents had five children. Okay. And a young Miss Sarah was the first one born free. Okay. So four of her siblings were born into slavery. And then Sarah was uh, the youngest or one of the younger ones. So she was only, well, she was the youngest. She was the only one born free. So that makes sense. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, Sarah was orphaned at the age of seven. Uh, both okay. of her parents passed. Uh, I don't, again, same. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, so she ended up moving in with her, one of her older sisters and uh, her brother-in-law. Uh, and they all moved to Mississippi in 1877. Okay. Um, and that's where she started working, uh, essentially picking cotton and doing housework at this time. So she's okay. a little kid, moves to Mississippi. Of course, she's not going to school because black folk didn't do that in 1877. Yeah. So she's working. Dumb. At age 14, I believe due to some issues with her brother-in-law, I didn't. I don't know if it was like, I didn't get the impression it was like a molest. I think that they just didn't like each other. Okay. Um, teenage girl. I don't think it was a molest. I didn't get that vibe, but I didn't, okay. I didn't research into that. Um, so she left Mississippi and that's when she met Moses McWilliams. Okay. Which is, I love Moses as a good, Moses is a good name. Well, Moses is great, but then you add the McWilliams, and it gets even better. <laughs> Moses McWilliams. Moses, and it's like Mississippi, so it's like Moses McWilliams. Like yeah. It's just really, yeah, yeah I love yeah, yeah. that. Um, so on June 6th, 1885, Sarah gave birth to their daughter. Um, I'm going to say her name is Alalia. It's like A apostrophe L-E-L-I-A. Alelia, Alelia, black folk be making names. Alia? I thought it was Alia too, like some kind of like a Lee, but there's an L-E-L. And I'm from Colorado, so I say all the letters in a word. Unfortunately, yeah. it's like the worst part about Alayla, Alalia, maybe Alayla, Alayla. We'll say Alayla. I like that. I do too. That's pretty. Pretty. I mean, it's a pretty name. I just don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Um. So, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Moses here mm-hmm. passed away two years later. You didn't. Aww. You didn't live long in I the 1800s. Mr. McWilliams. <laughs> you like the McWilliams. I like the Moses. <laughs> um. And so, uh, Sarah Breedlove. And her daughter, they moved on up to the uh, St. Louis area. Okay. Where uh, Sarah's brothers were working as barbers. And they had established a little business okay. in a barbershop. And so there she worked as a wash woman, um, making $1.50 a day. Wow. And now here's the gag that this, this, this I didn't like, but I learned something. <laughs> okay. So because she was working and making $1.50 a day, that, mean, that meant that Sarah was making enough money to send her daughter to public school. And I was like, 
what do you mean making enough money to send your child to public school? Yeah. And that's when I learned that in the 1800s, because of uh, racial segregation, which, as we learned during our Black History Month series, yeah. a lot was given to us in the 1800s, and then a lot was taken away. Which just... <laughs> doesn't make sense it doesn't make any sense you gave it to me already you, you can't just take it back no it takes you backsies not for freedom that's not how this works no not for civil rights first off you still owe me reparations truly so, like and fin- now you're gonna take more stuff away honestly post pandemic i'm gonna pop off if we don't start talking about reparations again because <laughs> y'all been fucking up a lot absolutely so at this time in the 1800s black people um who were working still mm-hmm. had to pay taxes and their taxes went into the public school system but it only went into the public school system for white kids. And because there was racial segregation, that meant the white schools were tax ta- or funded with taxpayer money. But then that also meant, again, that black people were essentially double taxed because you're paying taxes to the state or whatever, the city, St. Louis, let's say. And that's funding the white school. But then there was no tax money used to fund the black schools. So then black parents had to make enough money to also pay for their kids to go to public school. Oh, bitch. It was a real problem. That's stupid. Like, stupid. Because I that, I just couldn't. That gets an oh, bitch, and that gets a shade. I'm taking that away from and you. And that gets a. Not today, Satan. Oh, Not that's today. a good one. That's a good one. Now I'm done with soundboard. All right. Move that finger back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, learn that little side bit of, of, of history there. So, uh, St. Louis, while she's working as a washerwoman and sending her daughter to public school, is also where she meets her new future husband. Okay. A uh, Mr. Charles J. Walker. Okay. Some would say C.J. Walker. Okay. If you will. Okay. And he uh, worked in advertising, so he was a he was a, he was a, a, a black man with money and yeah, yeah yeah. So that's good stuff. Um, in the 1890s. Not as a fun name as Mike Williams. It's but not not as fun CJ's as Moses. C.J. Charles J. is good. Charles J. Walker is a good name. Yeah. That's a good that's a good businessman it's name. A strong name. It's a good strong name. Yeah. So in the 1890s, uh, Sarah. Sorry, <laughs> couldn't remember her name. <laughs> Sarah Breedlove, Sarah Walker at this point, um, she starts suffering from a scalp disorder and she starts losing her hair. Oh, wow. Um, It doesn't go into details, but essentially she had to start working on creating her own hair care products to deal with whatever issue she was having on Mm -hmm. her scalp. And I just want to point out that this still happens to this day because multinational and huge corporations that do like beauty products and cosmetics, they still haven't figured out how to do black hair care. The only people I trust to deliver black hair care are black people. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting how even in 2021, most of us, myself included, still make our own like at home hair concoctions yeah. to like take care of our hair. Yeah. It's weird that we well, have to still do it, but it's also they can't make any yeah. they can't sell us anything that we can't make ourselves. That's really good. Shea Moisture was doing good until they sold, I think it was to L'Oreal. L'Oreal. Yeah. And then they uh they got in trouble because they started advertising to like women of color, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. just that like the the root of Shea Moisture was for black hair care. Mm-hmm. And not to say that like you know, people with curly hair don't need the same type of products. Yeah. But at the end of the day, black hair is completely different than other types of hair. Because yeah. it's just, it's just, uh, it's just different. Yeah. It's just an evolutionary response different. to the sun, you guys. Different texture. It's just different texture, different, different curl patterns. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild in there. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. But you got to learn how to take care of it. And mm-hmm. especially in the 1800s, there wasn't nothing marketed to no black folk out no. here. So well, we're trying to take away your freedom still. So, <laughs> right. So Sarah starts making uh, her own products. And by 1905, she um, is hired by Annie Turnbow Malone, who is a black hair care product. Good name. I like that name. It's a good name, right? <laughs> I like that name. <laughs> your face was just frozen. And I was like, Annie, Annie Turnbow Malone is a good name. <laughs> 
Turnbow Malone? Turnbow. T-U-R-N-B-O Malone. As Is that one word? No, no, no. Annie oh. Turnbow Malone. Okay. Three names, yeah. I was like, Turnbow Malone? <laughs> Can you imagine signing your name if that was like all one word? That's a long <laughs> signature. <laughs> My God. Um, and so Annie already has a black hair care company. So mm-hmm. uh, she ends up meeting up with Sarah Breedlove. And that's when they moved to sunny Denver, Colorado. Interesting. Which you would never expect in 1905. No. Not for black hair care products. Oh, but she was out here popping off with Molly Brown. Right. That's true. Yeah. She was a prominent woman. We did a whole episode on her. One of my faves. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she moves out here around 1905. By 1907, Okay. Sarah has uh, taken on the name Madam C.J. Walker as a recommendation by her husband. I love it. Which, of course, he works in advertising. So he's like, we got to get us a name. We got to mm-hmm. get us some signage. So they're doing that whole thing. And that's when she starts the Madam C.J. Walker Company out okay. here in sunny Denver, Colorado. Interesting. Very fascinating. It's so weird that I live here now as a black woman and I can't find nan one person with black hair care yeah. products. But in 1907, the whole entire Madam C.J. Walker Company was based out of here. That's crazy. Gag. Gag. That's fun, though. So what ends up happening is she develops what she calls the Walker method of hair care. Okay. And this is something I don't know if other cultures have, but black people have methods for taking care of their hair, depending on the type of hair that you wear. Mm -mm. I didn't think so. So if you have relaxed hair, you might have a different pro because your hair is chemically processed to be straight. You're going to have a different way of styling and taking care of your hair. Um, Just the same as if you have. Uh, loose afro hair where your mm-hmm. hair is not treated with any chemicals it's going to be a different style of taking care of it and washing it and combing it and stuff like that and then for me like i have locks so the way that i take care of my hair is completely different than somebody yeah. who has and then also you have your protective styles you're going to wear a wig you're going to wear a weave you're going to do sew-ins you're going to blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. there's a hundred thousand ways to take care of your hair when you're a black person it's it's exhausting but i almost feel like is it because there are so many like one it's like you said it's so different right so different than what than people today yeah or like other other cultures other cultures every every culture has different hair types but is it because nobody cares yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's because nobody cared nobody cares about like i don't care about karen's hair but like (laughs) right but but when it came to marketing and creating products and 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 capitalizing Mm -hmm. off of something of course you're going to go towards what the majority of people in the country are going to have which is not black people we're not the majority so you're not going to specifically target our hair type because there's only so many million of us in a country of 300 million yeah but also it just requires different hair and the main thing is is that like so like white people and people with straight hair want to wash your hair a lot because it gets oily Mm -hmm. that's because your hair is straight so the oil that comes off of your scalp actually makes its way down the hair shaft okay when you have really curly hair it gets trapped. It gets stuck at the scalp. Yeah. So our hair doesn't get the good, healthy oils that we need. So we have to add oil to our hair if it's mm-hmm. very, very curly. Um, so she created the Walker method of hair care. Um, and her method essentially involved using her homemade pomade. And then you would brush that into the hair. So there was like a, a, br- a brush process. And then you would hot comb it, which is the old, the old, it was the hot comb existed before the flat iron. Did the same thing. Yeah, but yeah, one yeah. was a comb. Um, I was raised using a hot comb. I never had a flat iron until I was in college. Huh. Um, and then I stop straightening my hair <laughs> um and again and like yeah so we still have different methods for taking care of our hair today yeah. there's like dozens of them That's um awesome. so by 1913 madam cj mm-hmm. divorces uh mr walker bye walker she's like i got my money thank you so much for your advertising assistance Miss walker I've... better a little miss sally walker and get out of here right so she ends up uh I, I would say it's almost a little pyramid scheming, but she ends up training people in the Walker method. Okay. Just a touch. She ends up training people in her method globally. So she's going throughout oh, wow. the Caribbean and South and uh, Latin America, South America, and she's training people in her method for hair care, which makes sense because this hemisphere is where a majority of black people mm-hmm. who are not in Africa exist is 
North America, South America. So it makes sense. So she trains people in her method, gets them to sell her pomade. That's how you become a millionaire. Yeah. So she's uh, while she's in South America and the Caribbean training people on the Walker method and, and selling her pomade, her daughter, who's now an adult, starts to get some little tinges that Harlem is like popping off for black people in America. Like uh-huh. black people in America in 1913, something about Harlem, like it's like a beacon. It's like come to Harlem. Come okay. To Harlem. As we learned during our Black History Month specials, <laughs> the Harlem Renaissance was just around the corner in the 1920s. Yeah. Post uh, Spanish flu pandemic, you had the Harlem Renaissance. So 1913, uh, what we say, Delayla, Dahlia, Alayla, 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 Alayla. While her mom is in the Caribbean, Alayla ends up purchasing some property in Harlem. Okay. Um, and uh, that's where they end up moving the company to when okay. Madam C.J. Walker comes back to the United States in 1918. Um, okay. so five years later, Walker ends up purchasing the famed Villa Lawaro. Okay. It is 20 miles north of New York City in the Hudson Valley. Okay. And Villa Lawaro is an Italian style mansion. Okay. That was designed by Vertner Tandy, who is an accomplished African-American architect. Wow. So okay. 1918, we're just in the very beginnings of the Harlem Renaissance. Like black uh-huh. people are like moving to New York. And then you're starting to see, oh, we got we got fucking accountants and business owners and hair care and we got musicians. We got jazz. We got dance. We got tap pop, popping off in this bitch. <laughs> it's fucking getting crazy out here. This motherfucker's building fucking Italian villas in New York. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I just can't even imagine how exciting that must have been mm-hmm. to be in the Harlem Renaissance. And so the Villa Luaro, uh, the Italian villa, the Italian yeah. mansion, it ended up being a gathering place for many of the luminaries in the Harlem Renaissance. So okay. people were there hanging out with Madam C.J. Walker just like being black and being great okay sounds amazing yeah um villa lawaro was designated a national historic landmark in 1976 which again oh if we remember our black history month special <laughs> 1976 was the year that black history month became a month yep so that same year uh madam cj walker's italian mansion in harlem became a national historic monument Wow, that's so, awesome. So I like how history just kind of comes together. Yeah. Like a little, like a little book. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> Madam C.J. Walker died of hypertension in May, May Ooh. 25th, 1919. Um, but there's a part of me that's like 1919. We're also talking about the pandemic. So yeah. it could have been a little touch of like hypertension, a little pandemic. Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. People weren't wearing masks. <laughs> yeah. Same as today. Um, so, yeah, that's Madam C.J. Walker. The only nice. other thing I have is in 2020, there was a TV show called Self Made. Okay. Uh, it starred Octavia Spencer as okay. a young miss, Madam C.J. Walker. We're learning. We're learning on this podcast. We God are. Damn it. That's awesome. What yeah. a great story. It's yeah. I love. I love. I love this. I like that she is a millionaire, or she was a millionaire. Self-made black woman millionaire. Just by just with a touch of the of the pyramid scheme. Just a, it felt a dash. The more it's I a, read about it, I was like, "This is a touch pyramidy," but yeah. I guess that's how you make millions. I mean, the pyramid scheme works. It really do. It really do. It just takes a specific kind of person to be able to sell a pyramid scheme. You got to be a salesman. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. I'm not. I can't stand <laughs> it. I I respect people who can sell because it's like you got to have a talent for yeah. it. I cannot sell anything. Same. Terrible. 100%. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sip and Tea. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Mita. And make sure to follow us on social media at Sip and Tea 303. And you can follow me on Instagram at MVP Andy. And you can find me at Myco Plants and Black Girl Jeeping. <laughs> Jeeping. Strong G. Make sure to follow our show on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Yeah, you're listening. Just follow and like. Just follow, subscribe. You're already here. Drop a comment. 
Yeah, actually. Yeah. Add some insight. Yeah. Let us know what you like. Whatever. We're learning. We're learning with you. <laughs> God bless. Thanks, everybody. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. This has been an MVP podcast. My Village Productions.